Bonsoir, Elliot. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bonsoir, Elliot, our Mr. Robot podcast. It's a new season. Uh, our audio quality is going to be way better this season because we've got new equipment, new recording software. Um, I'm Alex. Uh, with me, as always, is Josh, and we're super excited to get into this. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, probably the best thing about this episode is that it just sort of hit the ground running. We We met Irving right off the bat, and he is awesome. He might be... He's slotting his way up as one of my favorite characters, I think. Like, I, I love that scene in uh, The Red Wheelbarrow um, where he's, like, argue, arguing with the uh, with the clerk about, like... The milkshake? Have principles, man. Yeah. Give me a free milkshake. I think his character... <clears throat> did you watch Breaking Bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love he reminds me of Saul. Yeah, he does. A lot. <laughs> right? That, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, like, he's a little smarter in some cases, but he reminds me a lot of that kind of character where he just has this really wide array of skills and seems to be, like, a very utilitarian kind of person who knows how to do all these different illegal things. Yeah. It'll be cool if they keep him in the whole season and not just somebody to slap into the first episode for a little bit of generic comic relief. Yeah. Yeah, I he's I like basically every scene with him I thought was good. Like I love when he he gets to the he gets to the um the safe house or whatever to you know deal with Elliot being shot. Mm-hmm. Um and he's just kind of like the doctor's on his way. Like like why'd you do this? Yeah. Um, oh, entire... you sh- you shouldn't hold your hand there. <laughs> yeah, you, that's that's probably not helping. He's yeah. he's good. He's good. He's He's like He's just kind of chill. Like he's just like everything. Nothing phases him. He's no. you know, I this this is my element right now. It's great. It's. I think it'll be interesting to figure out who exactly he works for. Obviously, I would say like probably Dark Army or White Rose. Um, but even at this point, I mean, it's obvious that the Dark Army is more of a tool for White Rose himself yeah. or herself, yeah. depending on which side of White Rose we're seeing, but I don't know that they're actually like at the core of it. I think they're just a tool for, for them to wield. Yeah. This episode was awesome for like kind of upending what you thought you knew about everybody's alliances. Right. Um, totally. Totally. Like, I'm not sure the dark army is great. Like we don't know who, like whether or not they are working for White Rose or whether White Rose is just using them. I always assumed that White Rose was just the leader of the Dark Army. Like I always assumed that that was the the case, but yeah. now it's kind of it's kind of weird. Like, is Angela working for White Rose? Is Darlene working for the FBI? Like, yeah, this is sort of a lot to just kind of put you in a situation where you're not sure what anybody's doing or where they where they fit. Yeah, I agree. the The alliances are interesting because it, it looks like. Angela is trying to help both Mr. Robot and Elliot. And I think she can actually do that and still be true to both of them, if, as strange as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can try to be helping somebody. That doesn't mean you give them exactly what they want. Um, you know, like somebody who's maybe got a drug addiction or something like that. So that's kind of interesting. 
like you mentioned, uh, Darlene, I'm pretty sure she was wearing a wire. That would be my guess, just based on the way she was asking Elliot, like, was Tyrell involved? Where was Tyrell? Did Tyrell do this? It's, it's almost like they really want somebody, the FBI, really wants somebody to pin all this stuff on, and he, he's clearly already set up to be, like, the guy. Yeah, he was at the center of that giant board at the end of last season. Yep. It's, yeah, she... I, I keep going back and forth on Darlene, because, like, for most of this episode, I, I was like, oh, man, Darlene is really... She's coming around again. She's going to be... She's going to be good. And then... I don't know. Like, you mentioned you thought she had a wire, and when you told me that, like, when you te- like when you texted me that, I was like, oh, yeah. Um, maybe she's... Maybe I'm not on her side. But, like... Yeah. It's... It's interesting because they're definitely doing a lot to kind of make you like put you on edge, which is something the show has done tremendously well. Uh, in yeah. the first season, it did really well. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And then Elliot is <laughs> Elliot's great in this episode too. He just <laughs> he kind of a lot of a lot of character growth. We'll call it that in this episode for Elliot. Yeah, I think. The biggest proof of that is that big monologue where he's going down the street and he gets like three minutes of Elliot's brain, which which is kind of funny because that's one of the things that sold a lot of people in season one was whenever Elliot goes on his big, you know, F society monologue where he's talking about how like Facebook is terrible and people are terrible and, yeah. you know, control is everything. And now this one is basically like, I didn't start a revolution. I just made us docile enough for their slaughtering. Right. And, uh, it's it's kind of like complete. Well, I wouldn't even say a complete different sides of the coin. It's just more of like an epiphany. Yeah. What's What's interesting? So I was uh, I watched the Verge after show, like the Mister Robot after show on the Verge uh-huh. earlier today, and Russell Brandom has like a great comment about that monologue. He's like, "Yeah, I watched that con- that that monologue, and now I just feel like I got punched in the dick by capitalism." <laughs> And I like I feel like that's what that whole monologue. It was just a great, it was a, it was really good. Like I that monologue was awesome. It was a great counterbalance to the beginning. Um, I thought it was a little pointed that they pointed it out. Like they're like, this is different than what I said before, right? Um, yeah, and I think some of that is because of some of the criticisms of season two, right? So they tried to get they tried to get a little artsy with season two. Yeah, and that was kind of divisive between fans of this show like season one is clearly like hackers meets fight club meets acid or something like that you know and (laughs) in season two there was more acid there was yeah but (laughs) (laughs) that episode was great you shut your mouth Uh, yeah Um, i mean it was a great episode but it yeah uh yeah the, the other thing is like it seems like this episode, this season's like set to be way faster paced, which is a thing that we talked about last season was we didn't think they could keep up that fast pace. And it seems like they're finally going back to it, which is awesome Better. to see. Yeah. I'm super excited about it. Um, like season two, one of my main complaints was like he spent too much time in in prison. Yeah, it should have been like two or three episodes, like not as long as it was. It was way too. Yeah, long. it was like what six, five or six. It, it was, was. It was too long. It was too long. <laughs> yeah, too long. and so like, and I like the payoff you get from him and like the prison guards and stuff like that. And it was there was a good story arc. It just feel like we lost a lot of really good development for what ultimately turned out to be 
a firmware hack on a battery backup. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, come on. Um, which hasn't even gone off yet. So um, we know that. That's also interesting. That's why I was like, kind of into Darlene at first because I was like, oh yeah, she's like, you're gonna kill all those people, and he's like, it wasn't me. That scene was also very excellent. Like, I that scene was easily one of my favorite when Darlene is like, um, scolding him basically, and he's like, it wasn't me. That was a really good. <laughs> Uh, really good scene. Like I loved that scene, but that was like a scene that made me like Darlene. Like it made me like, oh, okay, yeah, she's you know she's gonna do the right thing. She's gonna like try to fix this thing. Um. So yeah, well, I'm I'm interested to see because like obviously we know that, uh, stage two is still like it's still happening. It's, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean he's obviously trying. Well. Elliot is trying to stop it. Mr. Robot is not. You know, right. His father. So it's it's an interesting split. Um, we get some other really interesting stuff this episode. Um, we talk about the power plant. Uh, we didn't. We can. This is yeah. So one of my <clears throat> least favorite things that happened. <laughs> I'll say this: I was when this scene. I did really like the the open between like the little machine or the, not little but gigantic machine and Elliot's eye. I thought that was a really cool transition. Yeah, that transition uh, fil- was awesome. Filming wise, when they had the guy walking by, um, you know, leading the tour or whatever, talking about like parallel universes, and then it cut to White Rose and his assistant or you know person that he's training or, or whatever, and then they cut to this machine. I'm thinking this whole time, I'm like. Please don't be time travel. Please don't be time travel. Please don't be time travel or alternate dimensions or, uh, you know, anything like that. Please don't be this. Please don't be this. Because I don't want it to be a sci-fi show. (laughs) Really, really deep down in my core, I don't want it to be a sci-fi show. I will throw my remote through my television (laughs) if there is any time travel or multiple dimensions in this show. Like, I, I, I made a tweet earlier that was like, if... Mr. Robot has time travel or parallel dimensions. I'm going to start, start my your own revolution. revolution. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I really don't want that. But, I mean, it is it is kind of interesting. Uh, the whole thing with White, White Rose explaining, like, oh, his father helped us build this thing, and it is fitting that he, like, fell into it's, our laps with his... It's a coincidence, yeah. yeah, and I don't believe in coincidence. Yeah. And, and you know, That's so super that's, important. That kind of thing. And I, I found all that interesting, especially White Rose... A character who is so um, obsessed with time, like punctuality and how much time things take and timetables and things like that, um, which has really got to be a frustrating way to live because you really can't, there's a lot of stuff you can't control. Um, but then I read this EW article um, where they were interviewing Sam Esmail. He said, like, the problem with time travel, and he said it in the writer's room, is whenever you introduce it, it's game over. Then the rules go out the window. And I I think the interesting thing there is, is, like, they were already talking about it in the writer's room. And if I'm reading him correctly here, I pray to God they threw that out. Because yeah. if they, like, if they transition from White Rose down to that machine, and then that machine turned into a Dharma initiative symbol, <laughs> I would set my neighbor's car on fire. <laughs> We're gonna cut that. You know, no, you can leave it in. It's fine. Uh, but <laughs> the the whole uh, thing is just was like really 
frustrating. And I wanted, I really wish there would have been more White Rose, but thematically I think it was really good to just give enough mystery there to keep that going. Yeah, I agree. I I think it was, uh, I mean, I thought the whole uh, scene was good, just like the, the expect, like the explanation with White Rose and all that sort of exploration about like, we should just kill him. Maybe not. Um, that was great. The the collider, the super collider was just, that was too much for me. The particle accelerator, super collider, quantum computer. I mean, there's a lot of theories on what it is, but. Yeah. I mean, it looks. It looks like a large hadron collider. Yeah. Absolutely. Seen like pictures of the LHC. It looks like a collider. That's what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Um, I, deep down, I hope that it is a quantum computer of gigantic proportions. It's just like a quantum computer that is the entire size of Washington, D.C. Yeah. I mean, I'd be, that, that is something that I would accept. It's really just mining Bitcoin, but. Do you... <laughs> uh, that'd be, that would be so perfect. That'd be yeah. so perfect. At the um... end of the day, it's just a big ads of Bitcoin. It's just GTX 1080 Ti. It's just all over the place. The season finale is just uh, Rami Malek. Like, we've got an initial coin offering for you. Yeah. He checks his Bitcoin wallet. He's like, <laughs> excellent. We've made a dollar. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I, like, the, my, uh, probably my favorite line in the entire episode is when they go into the, the CTF, uh, the Capture the Flag tournament, which um, I know we want to talk about. But yeah, yeah. part of that is like, when Elliot is walking around and they're like, Oh, we need a computer. Cause we got to shut off all the, we got to shut off the back door and yeah. everybody's like busy hacking this thing at this uh, capture the flag. No one, there's no one's going to give you a computer cause they're qualifying. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and he's like, well, I could just win it for them. And I was like, yeah, fucking right. Elliot. Like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you do that. Like you're the man, just fucking get in there, win this thing. And then, you know, roll out. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was good. It was. It was pretty good. Um, I didn't even get a chance to like go over, um, you know, what the vulnerability he said he was doing uh, was in terms of like shutting down the back door. But it seemed to be like a DNS-based attack, which is you know in the realm of reality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, uh, sometimes they the hacking on the show is a little question markish, but it's usually pretty good. The other one, the and this is Irving related too. We can go back to my man Irving. Uh, um, the when he hacks the car and he shuts the car down by calling like OnStar and says, "Oh, the social engineering to OnStar, that's great." Like, yeah, oh, I'm officer, blah blah blah. Shut this car down. Yeah. And then I think my favorite thing about that is like Elliot. I need the uh, license plate. Doesn't even change yeah. where he's looking, and he just rattles it off the top of his head. Yeah, he's like again with just Elliot being a fucking badass. Yeah, uh, just rattles it off without even looking, and then Irving has this look on his face, like, "What the fuck was that? Like, what? Yep. What?" I mean, he, he knows the kids are like a, a savant, you know. Yeah, a lot of different stuff. So, um, it was interesting there too. <clears throat> the the other thing that happened during the CTF was when he and Darlene separate, and she goes to the restroom, and the Dark Army shows up. Like, this is kind of where I was like, she's wearing, she's working for the FBI, because this is before all those um, Tyrell statements was, who did she call? And yeah, that's I when it was like, it was I assumed that it was, yeah, I assumed that it was the FBI. Yeah. Especially because 
Grace Gummers listed on the show credits wasn't in the episode, I'm sure she's going to be a continuing character yeah. throughout the rest of the season, um, which is good because I really like her character. Yeah, her still one of my favorite characters. Um, I really want to see her next episode. Like, I want to find out what the FBI knows and what they're like, what they're into. Yeah. I want to know um, what she asks Alexa this season. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I, so I got one of those um, Echo Dots since uh, we last recorded, um, and it's now unplugged. Like I find no use for it. It was really cool for listening to music, but I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't use it. I have a Google Home. Uh, and I love it. I, it like reads me my day and then like the news in the morning and yeah, it sends everything you're talking about to the government, you know, uh, I mean, what? <laughs> they already got it. Come on. Yeah. I wouldn't, uh, I'll say this. I wouldn't have gone out and bought one for myself, but it was free. It was like one of the, um, registration things you get for going to, uh, AWS reinvent last year. So that was kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah so I, I didn't have to pay for it. So I really didn't worry, but. Right. Uh, reInvent is a conference for uh, Amazon Web Services. Uh, yeah, for anybody that's not yeah. the, the IT side of the world, it's a gigantic like seven-day conference in Vegas, and it's basically just a bar with tech talk in between each thing. You're just <laughs> drunk the whole week. Every, every tech conference. conference is like, it's basically like open bar plus yeah. uh, like you're supposed to learn some stuff. Yeah. Um, so we also, I wanted to talk about a few things. They're just kind of random. We learned that a milkshake is $13. Yeah, what was that? that was <laughs> I mean, I guess it's New York, so. I mean, prices in New York are high to begin with, but $13 for a milkshake at a fast food place? Yeah, like. Like, if it was, like, some handcrafted artisanal yada yada whatever milkshake, like a purgatory one with alcohol in it, I, like, I would get that. <laughs> Um, but just a regular shake twelve thirteen dollars, yeah, is nuts. Um, the other thing is uh, apparently five thousand dollars is the same as four thousand ecoin. Um, what makes that interesting is like ecoin is closer to a dollar than I would have thought it would have been. Like I would have thought that would have been like one ecoin is like five thousand dollars or something. Like, oh, right, like what yeah. Bitcoin is today. I found that kind of uh, interesting. That's from the uh, price sticker that was on the roof of the car that Irving had. Or the oh, window of the right. car. Yeah, I didn't actually pay enough attention to the price sticker, um, <laughs> so I didn't even I didn't even realize that. Yeah, so it's kind of like I was expecting the e-coin side of that to be lower. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, considering how like you know fractions of a bitcoin are worth, you know, whatever they're worth today, it's always changing. Yeah. I think it's probably just because it would be hard for people who don't know a lot about the, about that market to do that kind of conversion in their head. But if you say it's uh, like the cryptocurrency, yeah. to 5000 like people can say, oh, okay, I get it. I mean, basically what we saw there is kind of analogous to like what like U.S. and Canadian currency. Right. They're different, but they're not so different apart to be gigantically meaning, meaningful, right? They're pretty close. Yeah. So um, I was kind of expecting to see that lower there, but that's fine. Um, so later in the episode, we get to, like, Angela. And 
She's interesting in the fact that, like, I still don't think we know her motivations, right? I feel like she's a double agent in some ways. I feel like she's a double but I don't know, like, like how many fucking sides are you on, Angela? Like, <laughs> she's on the Dark Army side, right? Clearly. She's working for E-Corp, uh, and she was, like, working with that attorney. She's a friend with Elliot. Um, and a friend with Mr. Robot. And a friend with... I mean, she goes out of her way to say she's not friends with Mr. Robot. Like, she says, right. I'm not going to talk to you like I talk to him because he's my friend. Um, but, like, how many different sides is she playing? Like, she's all about the the power, it seems like. Like, she's just... She's, she's definitely juggling. Um, you know, she went through, like, that little test in the weird room with the little girl in the, in the previous season. Um, yeah. And... She's carrying around that case, which I assume is just some kind of sedative in case, you know, quote unquote, Elliot shows back up. Right. Um, which is like, what is she, is she going <laughs> to, like, Elliot shows back up and then what is she, is she going to, like, trank him and he's not going to realize that, like, he was Mr. Robot and she was just like, a, like, I, I don't know. She was just there. Yeah. yeah like, what? I mean, but then again, like, you know, he wakes up in her apartment and is like, how did I get here? What, what am I doing here? What's wrong? That right. kind of thing. So, That's fair. so it's I don't know, and and you never really know with his character, like how he's going to piece something together. But yeah, I found that that whole situation, especially how, um, like when her and Elliot were speaking, like the room was very lit up and bright or brighter. Um, mm-hmm. and then whenever Mister Robot is there, it's like she's illuminated, and he's completely in the dark. Right. Shadowed. It was it was kind of a, a cool, you know, film choice there. Yeah, they're excellent about that. Like a lot of people make fun of the weird sort of like way radically off center shots. Uh, yeah. Uh and people make fun of that. And like the whole point of that is again to make you feel uncomfortable. Like you're supposed to like Elliot is is in this sort of like weird mental psychosis state and you're supposed to feel weird and uncomfortable watching the show. They make a lot of really good choices with how they do that. That's um that's really interesting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I um I like kind of where the episode's going. I do things that I I know I want to see that were mentioned in the show. Like um Elliot mentions like I don't know where Trenton and Mobley are. Um, yeah. they're probably dead. I, I do want to find out what happened to them, um, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I think they're still interesting characters and can be used to kind of refocus Elliot or help him when he eventually decides to, like, do whatever it is he's going to do, whether that's a break off from everybody else or comply or, or anything like that. I think they'll be on his side, so to speak. Yeah, especially Trent, Trenton found a way to, like, reverse it. That was the thing she said last season. Right, yeah. I found a way to undo it. Um, now, they might they actually... fit into his plans. Like, yeah, I mean... He was there. Joey, yeah, Joey Badass was there. So, like, um, it'll be real interesting to see how all that shakes up and how he fits in as a character, you know, moving forward, or if we just assume that they're dead and we never see them again. I think we have to see them again. There's no way that that scene was at the end of the season last season, and we don't find out what the consequence right. of that is. Like they have to, they have to go there. Right. I kind of assume that, and then that's when you also have to say, like, 
well, who is is Joey working for, right? Right. He, yeah. Well, we I mean we clearly know he, you know, reports to what like Evil Corp in some way or White Rose in some way, um, but to what extent? Yeah, I. Uh, it's it's really interesting because when he let Elliot get out of the get out of prison, he was like, "Tell White Rose I did good." And it was yeah. like, okay, so like he's Dark Army, but maybe he's not. Like he could have a very similar. Like I'm not so convinced that Irving is Dark Army, like proper Dark Army. Like I, he feels like no, a like a contractor like, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, he he feels like White Rose's personal fixer or something, where like she's got a problem and so she calls him and he goes and fixes it. Like that's that was my understanding there, and I feel like you know what is Joey Badass's character's name? I can't even remember. Um, can't remember either. It's because his real name is Joey Badass, like, which is really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I feel like he's he's like related to Dark Army, probably, but is he a real member of Dark Army? Eh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of one of those questions that's just going to float around. Yeah, I. So the other thing I want to talk about, Angela, is she like goes into that thing where she asks Elliot, like, "What if I told you we could undo all of this?" And uh-huh. this goes back to like the time travel thing that it just where she's like, "I can, we can undo our parents' deaths," and Elliot's like, "That's not possible." And she's like, "Well, what if I told you it was?" Which uh-huh. is like, what the hell did White Rose tell her? Right. Right. Like, what like like how does she think that that's like okay, and is she Real? just talking about getting justice? Is, is right. she just saying like we can fix it all? Because um, maybe that's the case, but or maybe it has something to do with what Trenton and Mobley had. But like, yeah. you're not going to undo, you know, death, right? Yeah, exactly. Unless that's some kind of bring people back to life laser beam gun. It's just the size of <laughs> a large hadron collider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I, I don't think that that's really clear on what that's going to be. Leon is Joey Badass's character's name, by the way. Leon, yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. right. That's right. So uh, I had to go back in my notebook. It's oh, been yeah. over a year. I a notebook, and I could have gone back to find it, and I didn't because I am an idiot and lazy. Uh, I mean, it's been over a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so – like that whole monologue was kind of weird, and then uh, the the other thing that was like interesting is she's watching, you know, Mister Robot go and do whatever they're doing. He's like trying to find um, stuff connected to the power plant. You know, he's doing the, like the search engine to find things that are connected at the power plant. Uh, um, that's a real search engine, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it is. Shodan, Shodan. Yeah. Um. That whole scene was interesting because, uh, um, because Tyrell is just kind of Tyrell is really in love with Mr. Robot. Like he's just like, I'm so sorry, man. I didn't mean to shoot you. You told me. He's like, Oh, you were just told it. You just did what I told you to do. Yeah. So, so I mean that that's kind of interesting. There were a few things I would have loved to see 
um, in this episode that we didn't, and I assume they'll address that in the next episode. Like, we didn't get any Joanna. Kind of would have liked to have seen something of her character. Yeah, definitely. I she she kind of disappeared. Um, I don't know. But I mean, they did put a good bow on her story arc at the end of last season with the whole Scott Knowles beat the shit out of me thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to see what's up with Dom and the FBI. That's a bit like yeah thing that uh, I I want to see how that resolves and like one thing that I like I don't want to get into into I have a really crazy like what if but I don't want to get into it too too much but I will say like I think it would be crazy if um it was like Dom is Dom's obviously versus the Dark Army and if like the whole gang is split down the middle including Elliot and Mr. Robot oh yeah I mean he's a double agent he just he doesn't want to be <laughs> yeah well I mean he knows it it's just a matter of oh yeah can't control it like I mean, wouldn't it be crazy if someone hacked a credit agency? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, that uh, happened. And leaked a <laughs> bunch of stuff. That would be nuts. And then uh, several times, and then that same credit agency um, lost their contract to provide identity services for all U.S. taxpayers. Yeah, that would be crazy. That'd be. Cr- that, I mean, that'd be a really good. That'd be a really good story for TV. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess what else happened, or slash, that we are interested in knowing? I mean, the, the episode kind of moved pretty quickly. It felt like to me. Like it, it moved was... quickly, but it didn't necessarily cover a lot of ground. Right. Right. It was yeah. like, hey, um, you've been out of the pool for a while. I just threw you back in. Let's make sure you can swim again. Just reintroducing who all the major players are. Um, and what kind of are some of the motivations going in or who don't we know the motivations of yet? Yeah. That kind of thing. So I thought that was interesting. Um, obviously we miss some characters. I purposefully don't watch the next week on a little bit at the end. Yeah. Um, I don't get it either. I, I don't, I don't want to watch it because I want it to be new for me. So I'm not doing that. I'm also spending a little more time away from, reading every little article that pops up about it like I did last season. Um, so I'm kind of trying to keep keep that fresh so we're not running down the rabbit hole of he's in a mental hospital, which was basically spoiled in the first episode. Like, we kind of knew that. And I don't want to get too deep down that path. And luckily, the mystery from this episode being that large machine, no one knows. And Thank God somebody said it's not time travel because I, d- I don't want it to be time travel. Um, I don't even want it to be be alternate dimensions. The only way I, I would accept new sci-fi stuff. The only way I would accept if it was an alternate dimension is if Gordon Freeman shows up and we find out this is just the <laughs> intro for Half Life, the show. That's that's that what I been. that's what I will accept. Half Life Three confirmed. Yeah, He's right. Wearing a black hoodie, man. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm telling you. All we need to do is give him a crowbar. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I'll expect there. So I don't know what to expect out of the next episode, but I, I do know that I want to see Joanna. I want to see Dom. I would love to see Trenton and Mobley, although they might keep them kind of hidden for a while. 
um, and then obviously more of whatever Angela's gig is, and then Elliot getting a job at Evil Corp. Yeah. That's obviously going to happen as well. So Right. I mean, the mystery is really was what is White Rose up to. That's the big mystery, because obviously White Rose um, knew that Elliot's father worked on this project, whatever the project is. Um, his father unknowingly worked on it. So it's like, what are they really getting at? And whatever this project is, why does it take 20, 30 years to complete? What are they building? Yeah. That's the big, that's the big mystery for me. I mean, I would like to see, cause obviously it's an evil corp. Like I want to see price, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the thing that is interesting about this episode is that it is kind of, this was Elliot's plan, but he is swept up in whatever White Rose wants to do. And so is Price, and so is Angela and the Dark Army and, you know, presumably even the FBI. Um, They're all, like, swept up in whatever it is that this thing is, right? Yeah. So it it's definitely going to be cool to see that un- unwind and, like, what we what we get out of that um i'm just this episode made me really skeptical for <laughs> for the end of that storyline cuz i just don't want it to go off the rails right yeah i don't either um so that's kind of my my take on it obviously you're going to see big sound clips of the um the big Elliot monologue going around um i thought that that had a lot of really good quotes in it and imagery similar to what other seasons had where they showed uh, real-life events from, you know, yeah. everything that we're used to dealing with, where, you know, Equifax breach and uh, wars and 9-11 and all these other things. Um, especially when the show, like, starts, you know, the 5-9 attack um, a little further back in time. And then, you know, last season they have faked Obama sound clips from, which I thought was cool, and now they've got, obviously... What does this lead to? And it's like these corrupted sound clips of Trump and all this other yeah. stuff. And uh, and I and you're starting to see that in a lot of like fiction shows, like uh, American Horror Story. They have really, like, I haven't watched American Horror Story in a long time. So this season's kind of weird. It's like about this cult that's built up and uh, this cult that like adores Donald Trump. And it, oh, it it's like it's like low hanging fruit, right? Uh, because you can you can take that however way you want, but American Horror Story takes it where like um, they make fun of everyone. It's kind of like the South Park approach. <laughs> yeah, and it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, I, I like that they include that stuff just because it helps provide some kick to the punch, so to speak, um, in terms of you know, yeah, this is a story, but it's a story that has similar things that go on in real life. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's definitely good. I, the pacing has me super excited for the season. And I think we're, we're really, I'm, I'm excited for the season and I'm going to just try to reserve all of my fears about quantum mechanics and. Oh yeah. Cause if I have to have another time travel conversation or argument with you. Hey man, you know, <laughs> I feel like it's time. I feel like I feel like it's time travel over and over because every time 
you and I talked about time travel, it's the exact same argument over and over. Yeah, it's because I just... <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about Interstellar. Uh, Interstellar is whatever. Yeah, that's right. Keep that opinion to yourself. <laughs> hey, man. I can make a whole podcast about time travel. We we can go there. Um, you you can go there. I will be playing video games. <laughs> All right. Uh, it seems like a like we've touched everything. It seems like a good uh, place to end it. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Bonsoircast. Um, we're gonna drop another episode next week after the next episode of the show, um, and we hope you will tune in and listen to us then. Absolutely. Thanks for listening.